This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Drew, and today is a very special Halloween episode. Trav and I were invited to join some really cool dudes, Jacob, Willis, and Grum, on their podcast, the Triple Falls Podcast. They actually run a production company here in Mankato, Minnesota, and they take local content creators and artists and give them a platform to talk about what they do and hopefully spread uh, their uh, footprint and uh, reach some new audiences. So, like I said, luckily enough, they decided that we were worthy of... uh, of uh, going on their show and doing our thing on their show. It was a whole heck of a lot of fun. We actually took uh, The Day the Earth Got Really Screwed Up by the Angry Beavers, and we kind of redid it with them. We expanded on it. We took it uh, to the next level, hopefully. and They joined us in uh, critiquing and discussing the uh, themes and ideas behind this episode. So go find those guys on uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, Check them out. They were lots of fun to do this with, so uh, here we go. Have a listen. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the TF Cast. This is an extra special Halloween episode, and I'm your host, Willis Stout. Hey, Grum here as well. It is October 19th here in the Solarium, and my name is Grum. I'm your host, Jacob Bases. Today with us, we have Trav and Drew of the Overdue Homework Podcast here to talk about their production and uh, what's going on over at the Overdue Homework Podcast. Drew, if you want to introduce the show and what you do, tell us a little bit about what's up. Sure. Well, like you said, I'm Drew Morehouse and... I'm Trav. (laughs) That's how we normally start out the show. And this is the Overdue Homework Podcast, right? So uh, it's our little fun little podcast to talk about 80s and 90s media. Um, We're both children of the 90s, children of the 80s. Um, So it's just an exciting thing for us to relive our childhood. Nostalgia is kind of a drug, right? Mm -hmm. It makes you feel good. So why not explore this? nearly midlife crisis that I'm having and <laughs> revisit all those things, you know, and really dig into them and uh, dig into them and enjoy them again. And I was born in 89, so I missed out on a lot of the 80s, so it's kind of a chance for me to go back in retrospect. He's got a little different view on some of the things that I didn't see, so. Yeah, that's kind of like the impetus behind this whole thing was like finding stuff that either I haven't seen or experienced and the same thing with Trav. And uh, giving homework and making sure that we do experience those things from the decades that we both love. And hypothetically, the listeners haven't heard or seen the show or played the video game. And this is a chance for you guys to do it, too. Yeah. And we really want, like, you know, listener uh, interaction. That's what we want the show to be. We want the, the listener to be interacting with our show by doing the homework along with us. Listening to the episodes, getting the assignments, taking the two weeks to do it, because we release every other Monday. Yep. Um, And you can always find those episodes at OverdueHomework.com. It's pretty easy to find those episodes. Um, We're pretty new, really. Um, We just finished episode number 14. 14. Nice, nice. Yeah, so we're excited to get get the news out there about our awesome podcast. (laughs) it sounds like a cool way to explore some of that old media Um, right away i wanted to get it out there too what like what's the format for the homework like so you're giving an assignment and then people will have to watch media and then it'll get talked about on the next episode basically yeah Yeah. it's just better we assign a movie or an episode of a tv show or if we've done like nicktoons or cartoon network it's maybe multiple episodes since they're only 20 minute episodes and then video games we're still trying to find our niche because we don't (laughs) video record so Mm. um we did one that tied into our batman movies in the beginning and we've done one more and still working out the kinks in that one it seems like we have less to talk about and it would be a more fun experience if we were doing what you guys do in video Mm. records yeah that's Mm. where we're we're kind of at an impasse with that where we want to get more video game content out into the podcast, but it's been difficult for us to really figure out how to do that. So we're mm. working at it, that's for sure. But I think with movies, cool. we've really like found our footing, and we're 
going up from here, basically. Yeah, those go the most smoothly for us, for sure. Okay. And we'll get into it in a little bit, I think, but we were given some uh, homework for this episode uh, to watch uh, an episode of The Angry Beaver. So um, what... Where, where did that one come from? If people, if you could give brief context for like the homework that, that was assigned there uh, for this episode and what people can expect for the later half of this show. Uh, so this, this episode was part of a Nicktoons Halloween suite that we did on our show. And uh, we were putting together an episode specifically for Halloween. So I literally went and found Halloween episodes and we went through a list of them. And chose the ones that we thought would be the most interesting. And this one really sticks out compared to many other Nicktoons Halloween episodes. It's an atypical Nicktoon, um, I would say, to say the least, I guess. Um, And we did a previous episode with Rocco's Modern Life, Angry Beavers, and Ren and Stimpy, where it wasn't Halloween. So we did the same shows and just picked Halloween episodes for this one. That first episode we were looking for, controversial Nicktoons episodes, and I think we drummed up some pretty good ones. Some pretty good ones. <laughs> oh, did you do the fly one then from Rocco's Modern Life? We did the uh, No Tell Motel one, oh, where they go yes. on a road trip. You know, that uh, that episode uh, was hi- highly edited after its original <laughs> release because of the references to uh, prostitution and uh, <laughs> things like that. So it was, a, it was a fun episode to do, that's for sure. Thank you. Cool. Uh, going back to like kind of where you started on the whole podcast project, when did this go from uh, conversations or just, you know, enjoying talking about this kind of thing to, well, we're going to start uh, organizing this friendship more directly right, into right. A, a production or podcast? Well, we became friends at our day job and we, re- we realized that we had like a lot of similar interests and, uh, I broke my leg in 2019 playing hockey. And during that time, Trav shown himself as being a great friend and came over and <laughs> visited me numerous times while I was laid up in the basement. And having hours every day to figure out something, it's when I really realized that I wanted to, instead of just going to work every day, to really produce something and produce something that I wanted to produce and do something that was fun for me besides work and uh um, that's where I got the idea. <clears throat> Fast forward two years later, I finally got the guts up to invest in some very cheap podcast equipment. And I came to Trav and said, I want to start a podcast. Let's figure it out. And here we are. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we were already hanging out and playing video games. And we watched through like Dragon Ball Super together. And uh, we waited out overnight to get the Super Nintendo Classic at GameStop when that came out. So, from there, we just kind of made sure we hang out every few weeks or so, and now we have a purpose beyond hanging out. <laughs> yeah, and you know, doing this too like allows me to leave a legacy, I guess, of some kind, and put my voice um, out there and uh, in the records for future generations. If anybody cares to listen to this and yep. your family, so. It's um, crazy from the first episode being so nervous that a million right. people are going to listen to this <laughs> within the first couple of days, but we're like super excited to be at almost 600 downloads. 600 downloads. Since May 1st. Yeah, so. it's very exciting for, for us. For us, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge for us, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what What do you like best about the show? And, and you, We talked about sort of like an exploration of old media. Like what parts... Um, what part? What parts are you most excited to like show up and chat about for you individually? What are you most into? For me, so Drew's the fact guy. So I'm basically just watching the movie and I write up my own notes, things I want to throw in or things I think are funny or best lines. But he's hitting me with all the things I'm curious about. So oh. he starts it off with that and I'm learning that for the first time too. So it, it kind of opens up some good conversation for us and... I've always watched TV shows and movies on repeat, so this just gives me more of an excuse to do what I've always done, basically. (laughs) Surprisingly for me, I was never what you'd consider a a great student, but the research aspect of this has been the most entertaining, the most Mm. rewarding part for me is finding this information. You know, the internet can be uh, treacherous, (laughs) treacherous to say the least, I guess, with your facts that you can find, but... 
Um, that's been the, the coolest part for me is learning about these things that uh, I've watched on repeat, like Batman, hmm. um, and learning new things about them and sharing that information with other people. It's been really fun for me. I've really enjoyed that. And so far, for the most part, I haven't seen most everything we've done. The, hmm. the Nicktoons I've seen, we did Ed, Ed, and Eddie I've seen, but most of the movies, like the original Batman movies, I had never seen, so that's kind of why we started with that. I had never seen Top Gun, so... Hmm. For me, it's a lot of brand new homework like The Listener, and Drew's kind of getting to rehash things he hasn't watched in 20 years. You know, cool. Yeah, Batman was a joy, that's for sure. Batman was a joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think over time you're going to kind of get like, it, it seems like one of those products that will really grow as you go on because you're going to learn things, you're going to connect things that you're learning about all this different stuff. So I think it has like a, a lot of really good room to grow into something uh, really cool, and especially with the whole like, you're getting your listeners engaged by asking them to do homework. I think that's a really awesome idea. Yeah, and we're encouraging emails, which is overduehomeworkpodcast at gmail.com and taking any topic ideas. I mean, there's 20 years worth of content. There's certainly things we're excited to do, but we're pushing anything up the list that people want to listen to. Or I, I, I want to, you should do one on Hellraiser. For I sure, I, I, uh, you brought I, that up, and yeah. I've never seen that. So again, I, oh, so I'm always good. excited to That's do things I haven't seen. So. Intense, to say the least. Mm. Yeah, I, I just watched the the new one, so I'm pretty. Uh, I, I've seen the old one a bunch of times, and it's uh, very very different. So good there. But my 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 question that I was going to ask before I got off on that tangent was, do you feel like you're part of the archival process when you're looking for some of this? kind of information online that either does or doesn't exist i I know a lot of um like news and kind of like shows from i mean a lot of it's probably before the 80s just wasn't well documented or some of it's even hard to find now um i I don't think movies are that way but where where's the information coming from when you're when you're digging online the information's coming from sources like Looper or Cracked or something like that. They'll have um, articles on these uh, movies that we've uh, uh, that that we've assigned, and uh, um, I try to pick through what I can find in there and find interesting, um, uh, unique facts. And uh, it's just digging through the internet, and especially like you said, some of these like TV shows, like these Nicktoons from the '90s, finding any in, any information besides just who wrote and produced and who did the voice acting is a gold is like, uh, is great. Like it just makes my job so much easier if I can actually find some real information instead of having to I'll have to like dig at it a different direction. If I can't find any information where I'll try to find the references from within the show and then try to find information Mm -hmm. based off of that Mm -hmm. to just bring some sort of fact to it, to make it, um, uh, factual and interesting for somebody to listen to as uh, opposed to just going scene by scene and talking about what's going on on the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I even just the small amount of Googling I did for this episode of Angry Beavers that we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, I, I realized how difficult it would be to find real information on a single episode of a cartoon from that yeah. era. era. Mm. <laughs> um, Maybe we should transition into that. Maybe we could have... Drew lead us. Um, we could. Is there any other? Is there any other like uh, any other bits about the podcast specifically uh, before we get into that that you want to address or like talk about? Just basically, is we're always looking for suggestions on what we should do for assignments, and uh, we do have a list into the near future. But uh, anything we want to make what people want to hear, basically. And uh, if I've never seen it, I'm definitely excited to get into things that I've never seen and I haven't experienced. Yeah, I'm um, excited to assign him something that he hasn't seen. But uh, the episodes we have out, we started super Batman heavy. So all four of the original Batman movies, we did a video game roundup with all the games associated with those movies. And then we did a final Batman tetralogy roundup with our final opinions on all those movies. So we started (laughs) super Batman heavy in retrospect, but it was really fun for us. Um, And then we moved on to Nicktoons. We did Top Gun, which I had never seen. Mm -hmm. Then we did Dumb and Dumber, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Cable Guy. And we just had the Halloween Nicktoons episode Mm -hmm. release a Monday ago. And we've got 
The Shining coming up next Monday. And then we've recorded Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. So Yeah, every other Monday, cool. if I didn't mention that before, every other Monday, we're gonna we wanna bring more content to put inside those other Mondays, but uh, the day job gets in the way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what what uh before we jump into the next piece, what uh what sort of angle do you like to take when exploring the media? Are you uh, are you contextualizing it with modern culture or modern media or just discovering like the like archival like history of what uh led to the creation of that like what kind of angle are you where are you curious for me mostly it's the angle of like how it became how it came about Um, we kind of have a little bit of a running gag in the show where if it happened after the year 2000 it doesn't exist within Mm. the confines of this podcast Hmm. we do talk about that stuff periodically but it's mostly in the introduction or in the outro at the end of the show okay. where we will talk about that stuff. But mostly it's the, the history of the, the media that we're talking about that we try to go for. Cool. Explore the depths of it. So yeah. people, sh- uh, if people are curious about like the history of a media, they yeah. could, they could rec- recommend it and you'll, you'll do some research for them. For well, sure. Yeah. Cool. And, and even like the, the silliness, the odd stuff that can go on behind the scenes, the, mm. the things that you may not necessarily think about, uh, if you can find that type of thing about a specific media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a cool angle too, Willis. Like if you, if you have a piece of media, you don't want to look way too into, you can just ask these nice gentlemen. Right it's been created between yeah. Perfect. 1980 Perfect. and 2000. Cool. Yeah. Welcome to the Triple Falls Ad Read. This is where I tell you a little bit about what we offer because we're a production company. We offer video services, production stuff, sound lighting. Uh, you could even have a podcast that looks like ours if you wanted. Speaking of the podcast, if you'd like to connect with us and ask us questions, send us guest recommendations, or even sponsor an episode, connect with us at cast at triplefalls.org. Well, I, I'm ready to get into it if, if everyone yeah. else is. I have to, I'm going to take a, my first peek at these. and We, we have notes, guys. Look at yeah, that. I, 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 I didn't expect notes. notes, but I, I really love wow. this. <laughs> Hand-typed. Uh, by, so, uh, <laughs> on a typewriter. On a typewriter. Um, so please excuse the lack of punctuation and the <laughs> grammatical and probably spelling errors. <laughs> well, are we ready to get on to that homework review, Trav? Let's do it. All right. So Nicktoons Halloween, um, we're specifically talking about the Angry Beavers. Um, This show was created by Mitch Schauer. Mitch Schauer, he worked on uh, great shows like Garfield and Friends. Everybody's a fan of Garfield and Friends, I'm assuming. Oh, for sure. What's not to love about Garfield Mm -hmm. and Friends? Uh, Mm -hmm. The Ren and Stimpy Show, Rocco's Modern Life, and Hey Arnold. All of those shows are popular with us. Um, This show stars Daggett, Doofus, Dag, Beaver, voiced by Richard Stephen Horowitz. You might remember him from a little show called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He was the voice of Alpha 5. What? Yes. <laughs> Figured you guys would like that one. We also got Norbert Foster Norb Beaver, voiced by Mitchell Whitfield in the pilot, Nick Bacay in the series. Nick Bacay is a very familiar face, I'm sure, if you've experienced any 90s media. Um, parts in Seinfeld, in Living Color, where he was a writer. Very underrated show in Living Color, if you haven't experienced Love that it. show. Coach, the perennial 1990s television show Coach, and then most famously for most of our listeners, probably most of your listeners, uh, Salem the Cat in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Very, very recognizable voice. Best character on the whole show. I just rewatched it. (laughs) He was also a writer on that show. Um, But the specific episode that we're going to be talking about today is The Day the World Got Really Screwed Up, and that came out Mm -hmm. October 26, 1998. So as it goes to our podcast, it's uh, definitely towards the end of its lifespan, but uh, that's okay because Angry Beavers is the best. Yep. (laughs) So it was season two, episode 10 is considered a 30 minute special because it wasn't broken up into two 12 minute segments. Um, Animation direction by uh, Patty Shanagawa and (laughs) written by Mitch Schauer, starring some people worth mentioning like Adrian Barbeau as Toluca Lake. Um, Anybody familiar with C Lab 2021? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does anybody else remember the remember the Jazz Cola episode where the captain gets trapped underneath the uh, 
um, Pop Machine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Does anybody remember what he becomes Ooh. at the end of the episode? And Adrian Barbobot. Uh, <laughs> oh. Um, she has a very extensive filmography. And uh, one thing that's very notable notable for 1990s is she was the voice of Catwoman on Batman the Animated Series. Um, that was a favorite of mine growing up, Batman the Animated Series. Definitely. Um, it was appointment television. I remember my father grabbing me sitting down on the couch and saying, we got to watch this show. And I was like, okay, we're going to watch Batman. And I uh, fell in love with that show uh, immediately. Wish my dad did that. My father was a Batman <laughs> fan, to say the least. <laughs> and then we got Jonathan Hayes as Man Cervante and William Shallert as Dr. Kautiki, which I don't understand his name as Dr. Kautiki. They don't say it in the episode once they nope. just call him doc. doc i don't dr kautiki whatever he was in a, that dude was in a million things like quantum leap and of course murphy brown um tom tom kane as oxnard montalvo <laughs> um some great voices in Duckman. Duckman fans in the in the room Duckman yep. fans in the played room played the video game <laughs> watch the show <laughs> uh, and then a favorite i'm sure of everybody's johnny bravo mm. um episode breakdown time Let's do it. All right. Uh, this is Mitch Shower's favorite episode. And it's also mm. the first episode to use live action footage. So that's kind of cool. Mm. Um, it's a play off of uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. The episode is a title reference to that 1951 sci-fi movie. I've never seen it, but uh, did some research today. And it is a, a very similar pot, plot to this, uh, to this uh, Angry Beavers episode. Mm. Um, so let's get on right into it. We get that pretty cool live action opening. Uh, that special Nicktoons Presents. And then we're in deep space. So I'm going to read exactly what the narrator had to say. Take a little sip of water here. <laughs> On October 30th of last year, the day before Halloween, our reality as we know it was invaded by an object from another dimension. Step one, enslaving the manservant, <laughs> Man Cervante. <laughs> Enter Norb and Dag, trick-or-treating on the day before Halloween, because, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> so what's the deal with that dude being hauled away at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, like, immediately confused. <laughs> so <laughs> so do, you th do you think that he went more crazy because, A, there's costume beavers at his door, or B, there's costume beavers at his door trick-or-treating the day before Halloween, which really <laughs> set him over the edge. Which one was it? Which one do you think and, it was? And also, the uh, what's the other one? The Nondag, what's his name? Norbert. Norbert. Yeah, his his costume's so creepy. The way his <laughs> face is like so far out yes. in front of him. It's, yes, it is uh, creepy. You are right. It and, is creepy. The toe I love, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was a, a spleen. Is yeah, it, it has a toe attached to it, yeah. so yes. a thumb attached to it. An imposable thumb yeah. attached to the spleen. Yeah, like the one that was <laughs> it's crawling towards him later. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, there, it's not unusual in this universe for animals to speak. Nope, I wouldn't suspect so, because the beavers are standing right there as they're hauling him away. So. Yeah, but people do, like note that they are beavers and that that's different than normal. Right. Yes, um, yes there are, in the episode. There's a lot of times where they do interact with humans like uh, quite a bit and they don't they usually tend not to even notice that they're beavers or bring it up um if anybody does bring up the fact that they're beavers it's not them yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's always somebody else and that is evident in this episode also but um i guess it's just a, a way to move the plot forward is this guy laughing hysterically and being hauled away <laughs> basically so i guess that's it it gets it gets dag to uh uh to promise that they'll give up the give up the ghost if the next house doesn't work out right right but luckily <laughs> for us the next house happens to be oxnard montalvo's right yeah. <laughs> luckily for us yeah and those teeth when he was laughing are stuck in my head <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's very, very good. I like that a lot. Um, I was also confused. I, I thought I should know who Oxnard Montalvo was, like based on like I am not very familiar with the show at all. So I was, I was, I was like immediately trying to figure out like why, like why don't I not know this name? Um, the only reason you would know his name is because he's a character in Angry Beavers. Okay. So he's just a parody of all those B movie 
type mm-hmm. actors overacting. Yeah, and they're super masculine. Up late watching these B yes. movies, and he is apparently their favorite actor from these yes. B movies. Yeah. yeah, and we've already mentioned the spleen with the opposable thumb, but Oxnard is the star of the spleen with an opposable thumb, <laughs> which is referenced in a different episode. Yeah. Do quite a few episodes revolve around them seeing something on TV and like emulating it? Um, I don't know if it necessarily revolves around them seeing stuff on TV every episode, but there's, I would say, yeah, yeah I think you're right. A fair percentage of episodes mm. do revolve around them um, uh, watching TV. Yeah, um, the pilot episode right away it yeah. has them staying up what they think is incredibly late, but it's not actually yeah, late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Watching TV. Exactly. <laughs> um, the beavers do end up saying in unison, unison Oxnard Montovo. <laughs> um, and then uh, 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 Norb says, do you know what this means? And Daggett says, uh, we know how to read addresses. So that was a pretty good little <laughs> gag right there. I like that one a lot. Uh, he says, it means you might get your candy and the autograph of your favorite B-movie actor, Oxnard Montovo. <laughs> um, also, there's an interdimensional object that has landed. So what a premise, right? Uh, the beavers sneaky weaky into oxnards Uh, now that they're in the house the beavers are admiring all the set pieces from their favorite b movies like the slime beast uh from the evil of dark pool they look so real uh, because they are uh, coming to life exactly right (laughs) Uh, and then up there it's keelor the serpent demon he looks as though he could fly right out of here and he does (laughs) (laughs) and then the claws of the immortal golem uh it's the only montalvo film the beavers haven't seen hard to imagine i guess is what he says and i think that's them referencing the fact that it's a new uh a new character for them norbert seems to reference uh the fact that it's like a non-canon episode almost like he's like imagine that at multiple times during the episode so I, i think that's a pretty funny little uh gag there with norb um, the beavers are confronted by Manservante immediately, and he says, Welcome to the home of Oxnard Montalvo. I'm his manservant, Manservante, which is a, <laughs> one of the funniest things ever. Must have been born into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was actually really trying to figure out a, like a real name that you could shorten up to man, and I couldn't think of a single name that you could actually Manuel? shorten. Manuel? Hey, there you go. You thought of it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Dag, he gets right to the point now, doesn't he? He says, you got any candy? Real subtle, Dag, real subtle. Um, it turns out that the interdimensional object that crashed into the backyard wants the beavers. I've never felt such feelings of reality. Such power should be mine. That's my best uh, interdimensional object impersonation, so <laughs> I will be continuing to do it. <laughs> <clears throat> the beavers are still only en- interested in Oxnard or candy. Uh, don't mind my bro, my brother. Actually, we are wondering if we could maybe, possibly, maybe meet the best actor in the whole world, Mr. Oxnard Montalvo. So the beaver lingo. It's great. It's great. I absolutely <laughs> love the way Norbert talks throughout any of the series. It's the it's the best thing ever. It makes me yeah, dang it uh, has the sound effects. Yeah, Norbert has the the maybe. Um, struggling with that Oxnard mask that you love so much Um, the beavers avoid being enslaved by Manservante Dag punches him in the crotch and knocks Manservante down the stairs for the first time for the first time. At that point, I asked Jake if he understood that joke where the zombie got punched in the nards, and he said he did get that one. Yeah, he got it. That one is right at my level. That one is, that one is straightforward, straightforward joke. Um, Norb's had enough, though, and he takes off his costume. Um, what about the candy? The candy. You need a costume to get the candy. You also need a trick-or-treat bag. Uh, Dag realizes that he doesn't have his candy bag anymore, but he sees it down the flight of stairs, and Manservant, that Manservante just fell down. Uh, but his bag is empty. Where's the candy? Did you, Did you say, say candy? Candy. Uh, that's one of those uh, things that has stuck with me my whole life. Like that was something that I brought to this episode before I even watched it again was the saying candy. Yeah, that was something that stuck with me from my childhood. Uh, now the beavers get to see Oxnard and Toluca Lake at the end, the doctor, but man Cervante has other plans and all three of them go tumbling down the stairs again. 
the name of the actress Toluca Lake is a reference to a district in Los Angeles in California and to an actress, Veronica Lake. She was a fairly famous B-movie actress. Uh, she was active from 1939 to 1955. and uh, She had one film in 66, and then her last film was 1970's Flesh Feast, which was a very, very B-movie. Didn't watch it, but I saw the trailer, and it uh, looks terrible. <laughs> <clears throat> Oxnard, look amazing pointy little animals and they're coming this way so it's interesting the beavers just fell down stairs but now they're rolling into the same room that they were just peering into moments ago um suspension of disbelief is something that you have to bring into cartoons and when you watch something 10 15 times it becomes hard to avoid some of those things in movies and especially children's cartoons um so suspension of disbelief you have to keep that uh, nice and sharp when you're yeah. watching these cartoons over and over and over i thought they were arguing i thought they were fighting with man cervante when they looked into the door they yeah he grabbed them and pulled them back he grabbed the 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 spleen costume and then they went flying into him and then they went rolling down the stairs again oh okay yeah that's yeah. what happened <laughs> yeah um, so I just thought that was interesting that, uh, you know, continuity wasn't on the, on their minds, I guess, which is okay. Um, yeah, Man Cervante, he, uh, brings to life the immortal golem and tells to destroy the human infidels, destroy them until they're dead, but bring me the little pointy creatures. The master demands it. He says that in such a creepy way in the episode. I just couldn't get past that yeah, every time. The master <laughs> demands it. There was, there was also some like weird symbolism when he was talking, like on his face, like something like flashed over his face for a while. So that is actually the interdimensional object. And I think the, the animation, maybe the quality of whatever it was put on. Where did you watch this? Did you watch it on? Paramount Plus. I I don't think I I watched it on an extra legal service. Okay, very very legal service. (laughs) Cinema, one of those. Cinema a la bootleg. Um, But uh, I think that like the it's it's actually the master's face that's over the top of Cervantes when he's being when the beavers are talking to him or when he's talking through him to the beavers. It just is hard to determine what it actually is. Mm. I did pause it on the DVD that we have and when it wasn't uh, illuminating so I could actually make out what the picture was. So it is the alien's face. So it, it does look very odd, though. You are correct. It looks very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, we're back with Oxnard now, and uh, he asks, What do you creatures want? Um, I love the weird B-movie acting. I don't have a lot of experience with B-movies, except for Mystery Science Theater 3000. So I'm not, I was never the type of person to sit down and uh, watch a B-movie just for the comic effect or the historical nature of this, uh, these pieces of cinema. So um, I can appreciate the, the weird B-movie acting, though, uh, as a, a comic device in this episode. We get the immortal golem bursting into the room. Um, it's a fanta- It's fantastic. A mere statue alive and walking. Uh, Dag destroys the immortal golem because it's standing on his tail. Right? <laughs> um, look out. The little fella's gone berserk. Or maybe not. Oxnard, the little creature, did it. I'm a beaver. You're kidding. He's kidding, right? <clears throat> Excuse me while I talk like that. <clears throat> the group is un- in a pickle. Um, picture the largest gherkin you've ever seen, then magnify it a thousandfold. That's a big pickle. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the doctor. I'd like to show you, show you a short film. Um, I found this to be a pretty funny gag throughout the throughout the episode. He does it three times, and then mm-hmm. uh, Daggett gets to show his own film at the end. So, but we get the lowdown uh, to figure out what's going on with uh, the master or the interdimensional object. Um, that he's been feeding on our reality. This is like the only time we actually get to see the movie that he's produced, that this doctor has produced in uh, a matter of minutes since this is all has come down. Right? He's had this thing uh, locked and loaded, maybe. Or, I don't know. But uh, Well, it's uh, a real to real. So he, must. <laughs> locked, he had it locked and loaded. He's prepared for all situations. Um, but we find out that the being is feeding on his reality. I like the little alien in the movie where it said the arrow's going in, you know, to really make it easy for Oxnard, I'm assuming. Uh, The alien is feeding on all of our thoughts. Oxnard manages to figure out what's going on. Someone must be remembering the monsters from my films. The alien is bringing 
their memories. And then Oxnard's banging his head and you see Toluca, you know, she's tapping her nose like he's on it, like the charades thing. He's on it. He's on yeah. it. And then the doctor has the has the book that says be psychic. And he's got his arm up and he's like, oh, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does manage to uh, figure it out. So that's a, a good deal for Oxnard, I guess. And he goes, hey, you two stop. Um, and then we get to see the alien outside. I can feel the strength of all their realities beginning to course through my being, making me larger, making me stronger. And then they flash to Toluca for some reason. The alien is becoming larger, becoming stronger. <laughs> Why she does that accent, I will never understand. Like, was that uh, Adrian Barbeau's best attempt at impersonating the actor doing the interdimensional object? Or is she an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan? Or One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two, for sure. <laughs> this is where it, I really started to not understand what was going on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know because this, this is the black and white starts coming across now right, right? yes uh that's the alien feeding on their reality uh-huh. because now he's become larger and stronger <laughs> so he's, uh, there was also some like some creativity stuff like it's coming from their create imagination yes right and the beavers stay in color they do stay in color i did notice that also oh, yeah. you know that's an interesting point that you make and you say it that way it makes sense to me that the the beavers are probably imposing the the black and white on everything else then if it's coming from their minds right they view all these objects and all these actors in black and white because they only see them through uh the television screen in the black and white movies so Mm. that makes a lot of sense actually i just assumed that the master was consuming their reality interesting yeah and there was there was a comment earlier on about imagination too on like page two and it made me think, like, I was like, when does this this imagination stuff right. start? I mean, but also, I mean, at the end, they're just like, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, like you said, everything turns black and white. Uh, I said the... the I like, I, like, I like yours a lot better. I like that idea a lot more that um, it's what the beaver's imagination is uh, putting on to everybody. I like that a lot. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I like that a lot. Um, but now the statues, they are attacking the group and Oxnard tells Toluca to run for it. She runs straight into a wall. Um, she is, (laughs) she is, uh, accident prone to say the least. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to read the next line since you have a really good Oxnard? (laughs) The doc and I will hold them off as long as we can hold them. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then we get some great bits with Oxnard comically getting thrown around the room while the doc is working on some kind of invention. And, you know, he's like, I can't hold him off much longer. The He's fighting the tentacles. He's getting thrown across the room. Did you notice that they reuse, they put a, a bit of the animation on repeat during that scene? And it's just, yeah. And it's just one of those things that I'm sure sticks out like a sore thumb after you view it a, mo- a few times too many. But uh, I was like, yeah, reusing that, inf- reusing that animation, which... Pretty common cost-saving thing, I guess. So it, it stuck out to me. The invention that he worked on is like a light bulb and a string. <laughs> right. It did not look useful. Like, no, it did not. <laughs> well, he he does just end up calling some sort of part service, and he's like, "So I need a credit card to be able to." Oh, boy. But with Oxnard and the Doc dealing with all the monsters, Toluca and the Beavers are on the run and being chased by the crawling spleen with the opposable thumb. For me, this next sequence is easily the best gag in the whole episode. Um, It's just the best with Toluca falling down. Oh, my ankle. And then the Beavers run back to save her. And they start running again. She falls down again. My other ankle. (laughs) (laughs) The beavers run back for their third time. Oh, both my ankles. (laughs) And then Daggett, obviously exasperated. Why don't we just cut the darn things off? (laughs) Uh, Toluca and the beavers do make it outside, uh, only to be chased back inside immediately by Keeler. They're pretty happy to be outside for the time that they are. And then obviously... uh, catchphrase from Daggett that was close (laughs) that's a famous one from Dag there for sure man Cervante no luck for them is there to confront the group immediately um 
he tells Toluca and the beavers basically what's going on, and you got to blame those beavers. It's the master feeding on the beavers' vivid imaginations, uh, feeding and growing, becoming ever more powerful. Um, I am growing ever more powerful. <laughs> huh? I am growing ever more powerful. Oh. oh. <laughs> Uh, Toluca slams some sort of mask, helmet, onto Man Cervante, and he makes no attempt to take it off whatsoever. He just kind of stumbles around for a little bit. Just rolls with it. Yeah, just rolls with it. But the master at this point, he's really wrecking up the place, and uh, Oxnard tries to catch a falling Toluca, but misses. So, good job, Oxnard. Got to work on your uh, damsel in distress skills, I guess. (laughs) Um, With Cervante on the attack, Doc tells Oxnard to hit him with the mindulator thingy. So Oxnard does just that and throws it at Cervante. Another <laughs> another really good gag. It's absolutely hilarious that he's f- f- futzing with this thing, turns it on, gets oh. ready, and then he just chucks it. You know, that's... Uh, <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works. Congratulations, Doc. You did it. Me? You're the one who knew how to use it. So I guess just throwing it in. And then Daggett says, is it just me or was that the stupidest thing we've ever seen? <laughs> uh, and that was actually Norb that said that, I'm pretty sure. Um, Oxnard. Like, is that not how it works? Like, don't you have to hit someone with the thing? Uh, uh, yes, apparently. But like, the, it looks like a gun. It does. But yeah, that's the gag I think that they're playing off of is the fact that you'd think that it's going to shoot some sort of ray or beam or something, but uh-huh. it's just used as, a, as an object. Distraction. It's a bludgeoning yeah, tool. It's a bludgeoning <laughs> tool. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Then says Oxnard, look, the, mindula- or the mandulator turned mind back to normal. What? What? (laughs) Did you notice that in there, that she misspeaks terribly and they just move right past it? Yeah. (laughs) They do that later, too. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, uh, I have a little film I'd like to show you. (laughs) Another instance of another film. Way to go, Doc. Um, But the master is now destroying the house completely, and the mindulator is missing. But Oxnard knows where it is. Uh, It's with his pointy friends. Hopefully they have the knowledge to use it. And the strength to throw it. At <laughs> uh, this point, Oxnard is on the phone with the military, and they're pulling out all the stops. Um, uh, it seems like it's, uh, we got reports that your uh, house is a hotspot for extraterrestrial activity. Um, our house is a hotspot for extraterrestrial activity. <laughs> Sounds Sound serious. <laughs> Sounds serious. <laughs> I, I lost. I the, I lost it at this part. Like when he when he when he picked up as general warning, I I couldn't I couldn't stop. It's a really that's a really really good gag. This is general warning. A one scramble alert alert. This is not a drill. If it's a drill, I'd tell you. Promise. <laughs> Uh, then we get that random live action military footage and there's a little bit other like classic uh um nature film footage that gets worked in there like it gave me uh visions of sitting in a dark classroom as a second grader watching a projector showing some uh, nature video from 1954 you know that's been at the school for 40 years already at this point um but the beavers, they have it under control, and they use the mindulator to bludgeon all the monsters. Um, the military is fighting Keeler with that mix of animation and live action. Um, the beavers see it as their opportunity and launch the mindulator up at the master, destroying the alien and putting everything back to normal. I got a gag that they used. I got a, uh, uh, I got a kick out of the fact that they used... Daggett's tail as a slingshot of sorts and he puts his hair down in the back and it kind of like makes a when he puts it down and just (laughs) shoots it off I got a good kick out of that Um, Keeler's falling out of the sky and the military's bombing their own base, right? Shoot the little, uh, little missile thingies at it and make it go away. <laughs> yep. Puts on the helmet, ducks down. <laughs> yep. More live action footage and we see, uh, see the final, uh, footage of, uh, general warning, send in more planes. <laughs> <laughs> the alien has been destroyed and the doc asking Toluca, uh, how do your ankles feel? Uh, well, they're broken, but they're better. But they're better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with Oxnard trying to wrap things up, the doc interrupts and says something, something's, uh, you know, something really bad happened. That's basically what happened. And that's all you really need to know. Uh, the doc, uh, is right. Some bad things happened and some other bad things happened. That explains the alien's powers. But what about your manservant, manservant? It's Cervante or Cervant Toluca. 
<laughs> Taluka. That's a pretty good gag there, too. <laughs> uh, there was no man Cervante, and Dag gets to show his own film explaining everything, but we don't get to see it. Uh, nonetheless, everyone else is really impressed with Daggett. So we are out of here, and the beavers are back to trick-or-treating, just like that. Um, I really enjoyed the confused narrator at the end. I thought he was pretty <laughs> darn funny. It felt very Monty Python-esque to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. The way the music kind of powered down, and he really kind of went off, and the alien object had become a victim of its own story. That makes absolutely no sense. So, um, Here's the part where I ask for some final opinions. We used to do, what was it? Not final opinions we used to do, and then we switched it to final opinions because we didn't... Uh, I don't remember. I don't it seems remember. like a distant memory. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but yeah, we switched it to final opinions. Does anybody have any final opinions on that? Uh, I think for me, I just... I was talking to Willis about this. I just like really enjoy this era of Nicktoons and yeah. just like the absurdity of it. I feel like it was like even like might have even been shaping of like my overall humor and the way you look at things uh yeah uh love the angry beavers and i think it's a really good episode but this is basically these guys introduction to the show too so i think it's a good one that's great that's great one to show them we talked about that too a little bit that if you were going to show somebody an angry beavers episode to get them into the show that this one might be a good one to do good standalone episode yeah the pilot is too yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely Absolutely. We did the pilot um, yep. in the first Nicktoons block that we did. So that was a good one to go through also. Mm. I mean, I, I, I appreciate, I, I really also liked the, uh, the confused narrator at the end because I wanted to go back and like look at some things. And then I, I just felt like I didn't need to. Like, no. I was like, I was like, thank you for, it's for not making, supposed yeah, to make like sense. it does. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. Thank, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I loved the gags like throughout the episode. There yeah. was, there was, a number that I felt were deeper references to something else and then enough surface level ones to keep me as a person who's, you know, watching Angry Beavers for the first time pretty entertained. That's good. Mm. Yeah. You guys want to hear some more Oxnard Montalvo lines? Oh, sure. <laughs> we wrote down our favorite lines in ours, so I wrote them down again for you guys. Anything is possible if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, with a little luck and things going in our favor, we'll find out something. (laughs) (laughs) And then possibly the best one after Toluca falls and he did not save her. He says, another moment and it would have been later. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite one. Yeah, Yeah, I I earnestly had a lot of fun doing this. I I could uh, this. Seems really fun. I, I'm I'm slightly jealous. You guys thought of the idea before me. This is a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, honestly, could see myself like playing along at home, especially if it was like a piece of media I was really into. For sure. Yeah, this is super fun to do it with you guys. So if yeah, the absolutely. future comes and we are also video recording, we'd love to have you guys on a homework episode with yeah, us. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. If you guys give us a topic, maybe we just come back and do another one. That fun. would be great. Certainly. It was a good time. Well, it, sound, it sounds like we're doing a little bit of rapping here, um, unless you have any more gigs in that, any more uh, things in those notebooks that we don't know about. Well... Uh, we usually go into a email section at the end, so I wrote down some of the emails we've had to ask everybody here. Oh, cool. sure. So, uh, first one that I wrote down, Halloween themed, is when you were young enough to trick or treat. What did your Halloween consist of? As in, how many houses did you hit? Mm. Where did you go? Uh, I, mine's inter- my answer is kind of interesting because it was so you go out. To Red Oak, that's this place on Stoltzman where that's like where all the like doctors and like president of MSU and stuff live. Mm-hmm. And then you come back to town, you leave your candy at home, and then you actually go to Travis and Willis's neighborhood <laughs> over by Roosevelt because that's a great neighborhood for candy. And if you show up with an empty bag, <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, you poor kids, you didn't get any candy. Here yeah. you go. You know, so I had it very planned out. Yeah, I like that. That's That's a lot like mine, too. How about you, Will? Yeah, well, I was thinking about how it was interesting because I'm over on Baker now, which is a very busy uh, trick-or-treating neighborhood, I guess, Mm -hmm. has been for a minute. One one of the best. Unless that wasn't that long ago. But um, it was like two years ago I was out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I used to go around my neighborhood as a kid and like there was a couple of kids in the neighborhood, but not a ton. So we would do a lot, you know, you'd walk down a lot of like dark driveways and knock and you'd maybe get somebody or like (laughs) maybe there wouldn't, there's wouldn't answer like they'd have a bowl out. 
Um, so it's interesting being over there where like we can't, you know, they're not even hardly ringing the doorbell because there's like kids waiting behind them. Right. <laughs> right. right. It's, so it's kind of different and fun. Um, yeah. Just used to cruise around. Do you feel like pressure to like really show up? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you live in select neighborhoods in town, there is real pressure to, to bring it on Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, seems like it for sure especially where you live well, i also feel like it's like all kids in your neighborhood well i have crazy ideas too though so i'm trying not to like overdo it on the first yeah. couple years last year <laughs> last year we had jacob do like modular synth freestyling uh, in in the house i was playing outside so it's just like this creepy like stranger things-esque music playing yeah, while the perfect. kids are coming up nice that's sweet that, that all that all happened. <laughs> what, what about you, Jacob? Oh my. Um, well, so I kind of had a weird childhood when it came to Halloween because um, my parents didn't really like Halloween, um, and you know my parents were perfect in every other way. Uh, <laughs> I just want to put that out there because they're one of our six listeners. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> But I, I, I don't think that I got to go trick-or-treating until my sister made it, who was three years younger than me, like made it a real thing. I mean, it wasn't like specifically outlawed, but like it just wasn't encouraged or like I don't think I got costumes. I have no specific memories of trick-or-treating. Um, you know, that goes to say I had no childhood whatsoever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, now I, I love it. Like, so, you know that that's good um but yeah i I didn't really i i think i maybe went trick-or-treating like once or twice and it was not in a real costume or anything like that i'll Um, take you this year (laughs) yeah what zach said (laughs) (laughs) that was all the best spots yeah i know the good spot he's like he knows where the chumps on baker live yeah (laughs) Uh, what about y'all uh, mine was a lot like Zach's, other than it wasn't in Mankato, but my dad kind of had the same idea with the empty bag trick, so he would take me he would take me to the trailer park, because you got more houses, you know, closer together, and I would have a little pail, but every three, four places, I'd dump it into his garbage bag as he's 20 feet in the distance, and then everyone's, oh, you're just getting started here, and they just load you up with the candies. Love it. What a good pops. <laughs> Always looking out for me. I, I don't like peanut butter, so he got to reap the benefits mm. of getting all the peanut butter uh, candies. Yes, yes, yes. yes. He had a secret hustle. objective. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I lived in an enclosed neighborhood at the time where there was only one way out and one way in, and uh, it was just a a free-for-all every Halloween, and um, I'm not super proud of this moment, moments, I should say, but every year you run across the the neighborhood to the other side, and the same house would have the large bucket of please take one, and we would take more than one. I will just say it that way. We what? would take more than one every year. Uh, what? Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's my fond memories, I guess, of <laughs> Halloween. Just door to door with the with the pillowcase. You know. I thought I knew you. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> totally different look on me. <laughs> Uh, next one I got here is what were some snacks and beverages you could always count on at your grandparents' house growing up? Mm. Ooh, ooh. I'll get it started here. So I could always count on double stuff Oreos, Nutrigrain bars, and cereal that needed sugar. Mm. Like mm. the plain corn flakes and the plain Cheerios. <laughs> and then for sure, she always had Royal Crown Cola on lockdown. Mm. All right. At RC. Yeah, we always had uh, A&W root beer and Pringles and unlimited butterscotch candy at uh, Grandma Albertine's house. So those were the go-tos there. For me, it was dark chocolate, hard red licorice. And it was the same cereal as Trav, but I actually really like that kind of cereal. So no sugar for me. (laughs) Can't say the same. (laughs) (laughs) I was also raised by my grandparents too. So like, I I feel like I have a lot of like old people tastes. Sure. (laughs) sure. (laughs) Nice. Uh, root beer barrels, Capri Sun, uh, Kraft mac and cheese. Oh yeah, and cream soda maybe. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think I ever had access to soda, um, but I do specifically. Well, not until I was like in like out of grade school, but I do specifically remember my grandmother having Andes 
um, Ooh, yeah. and like mm-hmm. there was a bowl of those, and then like sometimes there was like the hard candy that no one would want. Yeah. So, um, but I think that's just because like she wouldn't eat that. But the, the Andes were always there, like to the point where I would expect them. But that was kind of the only thing, um, apart from um, real whipped cream. Oh. I think that that was that was a mm-hmm. big thing, or that might just be something that my mother would bring to like that kind of family function. But I, sure, I always sure. remember that was like when the there was like a special container that it had to to get whipped up in, um, and that was always a big hit. Nice, I can imagine. Next one here I put, did you ever go hard trying to collect something as a kid, valuable or not? <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I worked at Burger King, and when the Simpsons movie came mm. out, I got all of those toys. Um, and then I had them until like two, maybe three years ago, and I sold them to Chris Dorn. <laughs> for uh perfect n- not much <laughs> that's cool that's cool um but i think yeah i i had some some comic books too but nothing i have a lot of the turok comic books that's about it oh cool i was a real mediocre collector i never got close to any kind of a full set on anything i had a bunch of pokemon cards we got wrecked in a flood no that's oh. unfortunate brutal um, I always went the sports card route for the most part, but uh, when uh, the Phantom Menace came out, I remember going to Taco Bell quite a bit to get all the different collectible little pogs and such that were available there when you bought specific meals, and um, I remember collecting that stuff pretty hard. <laughs> yep, and I did the same thing except Phantom Menace themed, but all the Pepsi products had all the different pictures yeah. on there. <laughs> Why I thought that was worth collecting, I don't know, but I was pumped for Star Wars, so I collected those pop cans. Did you <laughs> play Pogs? Like, I played Pogs oh, like yeah. once, but I, that was like after, like, I, I saw my brother's Pog collection, and then I was like, how do you play this? But, like, were you, like, actually, like, it's like Pokemon, like, so many people never played Pokemon. Yeah. I played Pokemon. Um, and magic, like when I was a kid, but I never messed with Pogs. I was just like a little bit too late for that. No, for sure. Played Pogs all the time. I That was probably mm, sweet spot for me when that stuff came out big time. Mm. I still have my Pogs at home and my, my Slammer with the yin-yang on it. So nice. I was a pretty, uh, pretty big deal. But yeah, it's a... You know how to... It's a very simple game. You stack up the Pogs, you hit it with your Slammer, and if you flip them over, they're yours. That's mm. all it is. Very simple game. And you play for keeps, or you don't play for keeps. And that's it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I had pogs, but I could not tell you how to play. That's until it. You, 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 just know, you know how to play now. <laughs> uh, last couple here are going to put us back into the video store. Are there any video games you remember renting a bunch as a kid? I had a uh, flip it card, if you guys know what that is. It's uh, like uh, you go to uh, Best Buy and you buy one, and then for the whole summer, you have unlimited video game rentals, oh, so you cool. like, can, but you just have to bring back the one you have. Cool. And specifically, I remember multiple times renting out that Two Towers video game. That that game was so sick. Um, and uh, there was one other one that I would rent all the time, but I, it's like a, a whole different era of video games. And then I would always rent all the like movie video games, just because like. I thought maybe one of them would be good. And the only rem- one I remember kind of being fun was one of the Incredibles ones. Oh, sure. But but yeah, I played... Uh, there's two summers where I probably played every single video game that came out specifically because of that Flip It card. That's really yeah. cool. Wish I had that. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? It, it, that's like... That's literally something you couldn't find a version of besides maybe, I guess... It was kind of like Gamefly, I oh, guess. Sure, I yeah, don't know sure. if Gamefly is even a thing still. It is. But it, yeah, it was awesome. I, I it was like my, yeah, I got it for my birthday both those years, and I couldn't even. It was like a birthday present you get like a month from now when it comes out. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a great birthday present. Yeah, I don't think it was that expensive relatively either. It was like like seventy five bucks or something like that. I I I, the only time I was really having video games rented was I think N sixty four era. I don't ever remember. I had a PlayStation two after that, but I don't remember ever getting a rental for it. But for some reason, I have very spe- like 
I, I only I remember these games as ones that I never owned. Um, Army Men, Sarge's Heroes. Love it. Yeah. Um, that that game is actually atrocious. Like, <laughs> if you go back and play it, there's no camera controls yeah. at all. Um, With a lot of 64 games. Yeah. yeah. Um, they re- they released like a kind of new version of it too. That that game, and then um, Buck Bumble, and. Also, I, I really thought Buck Bumble was cool for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> and then there was a... I can't, I've been trying to figure out what game this was. It was like, it wasn't a Micro Machines game, but it was some kind of like uh, like racer game where you had really bright courses that you could like freestyle around in. And it was... I, I thought it was Hot Wheels or Micro Machines. But I know I rented it a bunch of times, and I just remember like driving in this like super colorful track with techno music, and it probably sucked. But I have really fond <laughs> memories, and I can't remember the name. When well, do you guys did you guys ever rent at Hollywood Video? I don't know if this was in your guys' hometowns. You could rent like a full N sixty four, and oh, then yeah. they would give you like Smash, Diddy Kong Racing, and a couple other games. Yeah. That used to be if someone did that for their birthday, that was like the litest. Oh birthday. yeah, <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. I never rented games. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Not a gamer. So I put down Boogerman for Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Rented that one a lot. Uh, Drew had never heard of that, so nope. we've played that yep. since we did this question it's in the podcast. Uh, and uh, Earthworm Jim 2. Yeah. Both so, examples of awesome level design. Love yeah. the level design yeah. in both of those games. What system are those for? Super Nintendo and then okay. Sega Genesis 2, I believe. So. Yeah, that's what I played yeah. them on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, having some time to have thought on this question since we've actually answered this email before. Um, Rad Racer for the for the Nintendo, for the NES, was one that I used to rent on repeat from Lewis Drug. I remember that pretty fondly. And then uh, if you go to the Hollywood uh, video era, circa 1998, it was definitely Metal Gear Solid. And that was a game that I rented so many times that one day, finally, my father said, here you go. Here it is. You can just have it because I'm done renting it. So nice. Yep. So it worked out in the end for me. So those this, games were a trip when they came out. Sorry to yes. interrupt oh, you. Oh, no, no, no. All, uh, all of those like things of like p- unplugging the controller yeah, and yeah. like all that... It, Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah it was, that's uh, pretty. I, so I never rented any of those, but I have a Raspberry Pi system now with probably all of those games on it. And so I've been exploring some of those old school ones, and it's a lot of fun. Nice. Metal Gear Solid is a classic. I, I highly recommend it. Nice. Nice. So this last question is pretty much the same. Are there any movies that you remember renting a bunch as a kid? Hmm. More than once. I think the only one I can remember is the Pokemon movies, the first one in 2000. Nice. Never-ending story for me. I used to rent that one quite a bit. Uh, Yeah, I put video game movies like Double Dragon and Street Fighter and the Mortal Kombat movies. They they were pretty trash, but I I liked (laughs) them as a kid. Uh, The Three Ninjas movies. That one popped into my head right before you said it. Nice. And then I rented a lot of wrestling tapes when I was a kid (laughs) to watch old Hulk Hogan and Undertaker and Stone Cold and all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, shout out to Tum Tum from the Three Ninjas. (laughs) (laughs) He would just go, scramble! (laughs) Miss that little guy. I can't can't remember anything that we rented on repeat or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was mostly the movies that I remember were renting at all were like the my father liked science fiction a lot. So we'd watch all those and a lot of Star Trek together. Um, but I don't know. I don't think we ever rented anything on repeat. This officially just hit one hour and six minutes, which is our longest podcast. Hopefully that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, hopefully. not at all. It means we're having a good time. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. hey, do we want to do plugs. Like, you want to tell everyone where to go so they can find your stuff and all the things that they need to do so they can become rabid overdue homework podcast fans? Yeah. Uh, you can email us at overdue homework podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at overdue homework and Instagram at overdue homework podcast. And you can basically get us on anywhere you can podcast. Yeah. If you have some sort of podcast app, you can find us. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, barring anything else, thanks for coming on the show. Um, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having us. It was super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool to work with you, Travis, in this capacity, kind of bouncing our new projects after yeah. each other. Me and Travis used to live together. That's a bit of lore that we didn't get to. <laughs> yeah, and I actually went to grade school with G. Yeah, too, I, so. speaking of, I you might have been a, I had a, freaking birthday party the year i got my n64 yeah i remember because i got mario tennis yeah i i wasn't gonna i was gonna ask i wasn't gonna ask because like i didn't remember if you were there yeah <laughs> did i not invite travis no, 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 no. I, I was there i remember that being that would have been legendary if you brought it up and he's like no you, i didn't get an invite i didn't say we got along in grade school <laughs> No, but honestly, I remember that as like a super awesome birthday party. I remember, I don't know if I gave him a rumble pack for the 64 or a memory card. I feel like I did the memory card and it was after somebody gave you a rumble pack. So I was like, damn it. I should have got the rumble pack. But I don't think I, I got, I don't think I ever had her. Maybe I did. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. We but, remember different things, but yeah. I was there. I, yeah, I, re- <laughs> I, I remember that clearly now. And thank you. I appreciate whatever you got me. I'm sure I used it to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. A little late on that one. but well, Yeah, thanks for joining us. This was cool. Uh, is it over now, it's then? Done. We're oh, done. Okay. This is cool. it. Bye. Yeah, it's over. Bye. Bye. Luckily, we Bye-bye. caught you saying, is it over yet? Right before the <laughs> Well, that was it. What did you guys think? Uh, it was a whole heck of a lot of fun to do, like I said. And um, Please go check out the Triple Falls, guys. Um, like I said, you can find them on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you look at it on uh, YouTube, you'll be able to see what Trav and I actually look like for once in your lives. So uh, you can go check that out if, if you would like. Um, Triple Falls, Triple Falls, Triple Falls. They were a lot of fun, and hopefully maybe uh, we can have some of those dudes on our show as well. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, As always, please join us for the next exciting episode of the Overdue Homework Podcast.